The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. It's a Friday in Lent, and you know what that means. No meat today. But if you don't eat meat anyway, find something else to abstain from. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Friday, February 16th, 2024, the Friday after Ash Wednesday. In the Missal, it's liturgical year B, cycle 2. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. And our saint today is Saint Daniel. He lived in the 3rd and 4th centuries. He and four companions, Elias, Isaiah, Jeremy, and Samuel, were Egyptians who visited Christians condemned to work in the mines of Cilicia during the Maximus persecution. They were apprehended at the gates of Caesarea, Palestine, and brought before the governor and accused of being Christians. They were all tortured and then beheaded. When Porphyry, a servant of St. Pamphilus, demanded that the bodies be buried, he was tortured and then burned to death when it was found that he was a Christian. Seleucus witnessed his death and applauded his constancy in the face of his terrible death, whereupon he was arrested, brought before the governor, and was beheaded. St. Daniel and his companions died in 309 A.D. St. Daniel, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, inflame our hearts with the longings of Christ's sacred heart so that we might truly offer our persons and works in union with him for the salvation of the world. Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, we consecrate ourselves to your sacred heart and we offer ourselves with you to the Father in your holy sacrifice of the Mass with our prayer, works, sufferings, and joys of this day in reparation for our sins and that your kingdom come. We especially pray for the church throughout the world, for the Holy Father and his intentions, for the evangelization and conversion of the whole world, for our bishop and his intentions, for our parish and for our families and their needs. Listen to us, O Lord, through Christ your Son. Amen. And with Pope Francis, we pray that those with a terminal illness and their families receive the necessary physical and spiritual care and accompaniment. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, Lord Jesus, we lift up our hearts to you on this Friday of Lent. Friday of Lent is not usually a day that uh, springs to mind as being one that is jam-packed with joy, because Fridays of Lent are a day in which we try to intensify a little bit our Lenten practices, because we are going towards Jerusalem. We're going to Calvary in this time of Lent. And we know that it's on Good Friday in a number of weeks' time, whenever we will have to pick up our own cross and walk with you that last leg of the journey. 
But here we are right at the outset. And this Friday of Lent gives us a little bit of an anticipation for that journey, which will end in death, death and resurrection. That is the true ending. And so as much as we bring our Lenten penances to you, which might go towards that day of death, it's not without the hope of resurrection that sustains us. But maybe this is a day that we should examine our Lenten promises a little bit. How well are we doing? It's only been a few days. Maybe we have completely forgotten and we've already tucked into the chocolate or the crisps or we've opened up another bottle of beer, whatever it is. We're trying to think, Jesus, what more can we give to you in this time of Lent? Why? In order that we can come closer to you. And there's so much of that in the gospel today. There's this dispute that breaks out between the disciples of the Pharisees or disciples of John the Baptist as to why your disciples, Jesus, aren't fasting. Well, good job they won't come and ask us that today because we are trying to fast. We are trying to engage in a kind of a serious Lenten fast. But where does the gospel sit in our plans of Lent, our plans to be a greater disciple? Well, they want to know why your disciples aren't fasting whenever everybody else seems to be miserable. Everybody else is suffering a little bit for the faith, not eating, restraining themselves, and yet your disciples are kind of going through life merry. And you say that the, the, the guests of the bridegroom wouldn't even dream of fasting whenever he's with them, but of course the time will come whenever the bridegroom will be taken away, and then indeed we will fast. Well, that's kind of where we are now. We're at that time whenever we can remember you being taken away from us, nailed to the cross. But we're also guests of the bridegroom. We're also with you, Jesus, accompanying you on this journey, which again has to be a journey that is, that is filled with joy because of the resurrection. We can never lose that as Christians. I was just thinking about this whole motif of the, the wedding. Before Christmas, I was very fortunate to be at a wedding of two young friends of mine, and it was great. Two young people in the prime of their life, filled with faith, filled with love for one another. And we were all invited to kind of to share that joy with them on their wedding day. People say it's the most important, most special day of your life. But genuinely, as guests of this lovely couple, I felt that joy being, being shared with me. And right from the Mass to the celebration afterwards, it was a day that was very much filled with joy. To see two people deeply in love, wanting to commit themselves before your altar, Lord, to one another for life. And that gives everybody a bit of a, a shot in the arm. And nobody would have thought in the slightest about fasting on a day like that. In fact, coming as it was just a few days before Christmas, people had probably dropped their guard a little bit and were a little bit more indulgent even than we might have planned to be otherwise because it was such a day of joy and there were so many people who were there and who were happy and enjoying it. And if I, as a priest, had have stood up and, you know, rung the glass and said, now everyone, let's not forget that perhaps we should fast a little bit here, I think everybody would have looked at me strangely. And I wouldn't have thought that in my, myself because I too was kind of carried away with the, the joy of it. So where, where do we sit with this? You know, now that we are on a Friday of Lent and we're, we're, we're trying to fast, and yet at the same time, we are invited to see the kind of the joy of the bridegroom and, and to be with you. Well, it's kind of all about discipleship as well, I think, Jesus. Um, and this is a whole dispute between disciples of, of others. 
And your disciples are, are fortunate because they spend time with you. And maybe for me, that is the key to what this whole Lenten business is supposed to be about. And especially Friday in Lent, if we're trying to intensify our penances a little bit, it's for that purpose, to get a little bit closer to you. When we fast, when we kind of cut out a few things or we begin to really feel the pinch, that's when our bodies can sort of begin to, to pray a little bit better, I think, in truth, even though we're hungry. But there's a kind of a yearning in our stomachs that at least reminds us how we should be yearning in faith for you and to come closer to you in the same way that we might want to come closer to a Mars bar or a big bag of crisps or whatever it is. That if we could just channel that same desire for human things for you, then we would be winning. And if we can channel that on this day of Lent, then we can come somewhat close to the joy of the bridegroom. In other words, Jesus, if it's all about spending time with you and sharing in your joy, even though there is suffering, then ultimately we're walking the path of Lent. In the same way that I was pretty much sharing in the joy of the bridegroom and the bride on their wedding day, so too, whenever we suffer, we, we share something with you, Jesus. We share in your sufferings. And whilst that might not naturally or even on paper look as if it's a kind of a, a great cause for joy, something that puts us in, in closer solidarity with you or allows us to have a certain insight in what you have done for us, that really does make us happier. Maybe not happiness in the way that the world would want to give it, but happy in a kind of the deeper sense of, of a kind of a blessedness in our being. That we're, we're more fortunate in truth whenever we can come closer to you. And so if we can apply that to all of our sufferings in this moment, you know, think of the things that are kind of the cross for us, the things that are, that are struggling with at this moment concretely. Those things can become the way in which we come closer to you, Jesus, insofar as they help us to understand what you did for us. And we know that your going to the cross for us was, was not something that was certainly easy, something that brought you deep pain and suffering, of course. But it was purely out of love that you did it. You love the Heavenly Father so much that you wanted to fulfill your mission right to the end, and that you gave your life willingly in order that we might be saved. And so what can I not do whenever this is what you have done for me? Maybe I can give up a little bit of food here and there. Maybe I can pray a little bit more, pray with greater intensity. Maybe I could just turn off the computer, turn off the phone an hour earlier. Whatever it is, it's, it's only a shadow of what you have done for me in this moment. But in the same way that we kind of get a, a joy out of being able to help somebody who, who's in need or, or just be able to lend a hand whenever that's what's required, that's somewhat what we're doing here whenever we're picking up our crosses to follow you. You don't need our sufferings, Jesus. You don't need our fasting. But it's something that's pleasing to you when we do it with a good heart because it should bring us closer to you. So help us, Jesus, especially those of us who are really struggling on this Lenten day in order to put things away or to get our life in order. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about putting things in order in order that we can be your disciple. Our fasting is about sharing in your joy, sharing in your sufferings for us because of your deep love for us. So help us, Jesus. Strengthen us on this journey in order that we can go to Calvary with you 
and that we really know the depths of your love for us. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. There's plenty more 10 Minutes with Jesus available for you at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. This day of prayer begins in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's the Friday after Ash Wednesday, February 16th, 2024. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We join the whole church now as we begin this liturgical day. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and And my my mouth mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. The Lord's is the earth and and all its fullness, the the world and all its its peoples. It is he who set it on the seas, on the waters he made it firm. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Who who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him, seek the face of the God of Jacob. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. O gates, lift lift high high your heads, grow grow higher, ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, the mighty, the valiant. The Lord, the valiant in war. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors, let him enter the King of glory. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the King of glory. Come, Let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Our fathers have told us of the Lord's power 
they have recounted for us his marvelous deeds. Our Our fathers have told us of the Lord's power. They have recounted for us his marvelous deeds. Give heed, my people, to my teachings. Turn your ear to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable and reveal hidden lessons of the past. The things we have heard and understood, the things our fathers have told us, these we will not hide from their children, but will tell them to the next generation. The glories of the Lord and his might, the marvelous deeds he has done, the witness he gave to Jacob, the law he established in Israel. He gave a command to our fathers to make it known to their children that the next generation might know it, the children yet to be born. They too should arise and tell their sons that they too should set their hope in God and never forget God's deeds, but keep every one of his commands so that they might not be like their fathers, a defiant and rebellious race, a race whose heart was fickle, whose spirit was unfaithful to God. The sons of Ephraim, armed with a bow, turned back in the day of battle. They failed to keep God's covenant and would not walk according to his law. They forgot the things he had done, the marvelous deeds he had shown them. He did wonders in the sight of their fathers, in Egypt, in the plains of Zoan. He divided the sea and led them through and made the waters stand up like a wall. By day, he led them with a cloud. By night, with a light of fire. He split the rocks in the desert. He gave them plentiful drink as from the deep. He made streams flow out from the rock and made waters run down like rivers. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now. now. And and will be forever. Amen. Our fathers have told us of the Lord's power. They have recounted for us his marvelous deeds. The children of Israel ate the manna and drank from the spiritual rock which followed after them. The children of Israel ate the manna and drank from the spiritual rock which followed after them. Yet still they sinned against him. They defied the Most High in the desert. In their heart, they put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They even spoke against God. They said, Is it possible for God to prepare a table in the desert? It was he who struck the rock. Water flowed and swept down in the torments. But can he also give us bread? Can he provide meat for his people? When he heard this, the Lord was angry. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel for having no faith in God, for refusing to trust in his help. Yet he commanded the clouds above and opened the gates of heaven. He rained down manna for their food and gave them bread from heaven. Mere men ate the bread of angels. He sent them an abundance of food. He made the east wind blow from heaven 
and roused the south wind by his might. He rained food on them like dust, winged fowl like the sands of the sea. He let it all fall in the midst of their camp and all around their tents. So they ate and had their fill, for he gave them all they craved. But before they had sated their craving... While the food was still in their mouths, God's anger rose against them. He slew the strongest among them, struck down the flower of Israel. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it, As it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, now and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. The, the children, children of Israel, Israel ate the manna and drank from the spiritual rock which followed after them. They remembered that God was their helper and redeemer. They remembered that God was their helper and redeemer. Despite this, they went on sinning. They had no faith in his wonders. So he ended their days like a breath and their years in a sudden ruin. When he slew them, then they would seek him, return and seek him in earnest. They would remember that God was their rock, God the Most High, their Redeemer. But the words they spoke were mere flattery. They lied to him with their lips, for their hearts were not truly with him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he who is full of compassion forgave their sin and spared them. So often he held back his anger when he might have stirred up his rage. He remembered they were only men, a breath that passes never to return. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it, was it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and, and will, will be forever. Lord Jesus Christ, Shepherd of your Church, in order to strengthen our faith and to lead us to the kingdom, you renewed and far surpassed the marvels of the old law. Through the uncertainties of this earthly journey, lead us home to the everlasting pastures. They remembered that God was their helper and redeemer. Turn back to the Lord your God. He is kind and merciful. A reading from the book of Exodus. A certain man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman who conceived and bore a son. Seeing that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took a papyrus basket, daubed it with bitumen and pitch, and putting the child in it, placed it among the reeds on the riverbank. His sister stationed herself at a distance to find out what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to the river to bathe, while her maids walked along the river bank. Noticing the basket among the reeds, 
she sent her handmaid to fetch it. On opening it, she looked, and lo, there was a baby boy, crying. She was moved with pity for him and said, It is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Yes. Do so, she answered. So the maiden went and called the child's own mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will repay you. The woman therefore took the child and nursed it. When the child grew, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son, and called him Moses. For she said, I drew him out of the water. On one occasion after Moses had grown up, when he visited his kinsmen and witnessed their forced labor, he saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his own kinsmen. Looking about and seeing no one, he slew the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. The next day he went out again, and now two Hebrews were fighting. So he asked the culprit, Why are you striking your fellow Hebrew? But he replied, Who has appointed you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses became afraid and thought, This affair must certainly be known. Pharaoh, too, heard of the affair and sought to put him to death. But Moses fled from him and stayed in the land of Midian. As he was seated there by a well, seven daughters of a priest of Midian came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. But some shepherds came and drove them away. Then Moses got up and defended them and watered their flock. When they returned to their father rule, he said to them, How is it that you have returned so soon today? They answered, An Egyptian saved us from the interference of the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. Where is the man? he asked his daughters. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to live with him, and the man gave him his daughter Zipporah in marriage. She bore him a son, whom he named Gershom, for he said, I am a stranger in a foreign land. The other son she bore was called Eliezer, for he said, My father's God is my helper. He has rescued me from Pharaoh's sword. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. When he grew up, Moses, guided by faith, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to suffer with the people of God rather than have the fleeting pleasures of sin. He He fixed his gaze on the reward God had promised. To bear the stigma of Christ was worth more to him than all the treasures of Egypt. With faith as his guide, he left Egypt behind. He He fixed fixed his gaze on the reward God had promised. From a homily by St. John Chrysostom, Bishop. Prayer and converse with God is a supreme good. It is a partnership and union with God. 
As the eyes of the body are enlightened when they see light, so our spirit, when it is intent on God, is illuminated by his infinite light. I do not mean the prayer of outward observance, but the prayer from the heart, not confined to fixed times or periods, but continuous throughout the day and night. Our spirit should be quick to reach out toward God, not only when engaged in meditation, at other times also, when it is carrying out its duties, caring for the needy, performing works of charity, giving generously in the service of others. Our spirit should long for God and call him to mind so that these works may be seasoned with the salt of God's love and so make a palatable offering to the Lord of the universe. Throughout the whole of our lives, we may enjoy the benefit that comes from prayer if we devote a great deal of time to it. Prayer is the light of the Spirit, true knowledge of God, mediating between God and man. The Spirit, raised up to heaven by prayer, clings to God with the utmost tenderness. Like a child crying tearfully for its mother, it craves the milk that God provides. It seeks the satisfaction of its own desires and receives gifts outweighing the whole world of nature. Prayer stands before God as an honored ambassador. It gives joy to the spirit, peace to the heart. I speak of prayer, not words. It is the longing for God, love too deep for words, a gift not given by man but by God's grace. The Apostle Paul says, We do not know how we are to pray but the Spirit himself pleads for us with inexpressible longings. When the Lord gives this kind of prayer to a man, he gives him riches that cannot be taken away, heavenly food that satisfies the Spirit. One who tastes this food is set on fire with an eternal longing for the Lord. His Spirit burns as in a fire of the utmost intensity. Practice prayer from the beginning. Paint your house with the colors of modesty and humility. Make it radiant with the light of justice. Decorate it with the finest gold leaf of good deeds. Adorn it with the walls and stones of faith and generosity. Crown it with a pinnacle of prayer. In this way, you will make it a perfect dwelling place for the Lord. You will be able to receive Him as in a splendid palace, and through His grace, you will already possess Him, His image enthroned in the temple of your spirit. Will you forget us forever? Will you leave us abandoned day after day? Turn, Turn us back, back to you, O Lord. And we will come to you. Save us, Lord, or we shall perish. Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will come to you. Let us pray. Show gracious favor, O Lord, we pray, to the works of penance we have begun, that we may have strength to accomplish with sincerity the bodily observances we undertake. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, 
who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord gives a lesson on fasting and on his own divinity. It's in today's Gospel in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord reminds us that there is a time for feasting and a time for fasting. It's from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Then the disciples of John came to him. Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. So what is fasting all about? Well, of course, it's a form of penance. And penance is what the season of Lent is all about. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 2, Lent and Eastertide. The Gospel of today's Mass tells how the disciples of John the Baptist asked Jesus, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Fasting was then and always will be one more sign of the spirit of penance that God asks of man. In the Old Testament, we can find gradually developing with ever-increasing richness the religious sense of penance as a personal religious act which has as its end love for and abandonment in God. When it is accompanied by prayer, it can be used to manifest humility before God. The man who fasts turns towards God in an attitude of total dependence and abandonment. In Holy Scripture, we see how fasting and other works of penance were performed before the commencement of any difficult task, to implore forgiveness for sin, to obtain the cessation of a calamity, to gain the grace needed for the fulfillment of a mission, to prepare oneself to come face to face with God. John the Baptist, who well knew the fruits of fasting, taught his disciples the importance and need of practicing this penance. He coincided in this with the Pharisees, who were pious and loved the law, so that John's followers were surprised that Jesus had not instilled it into his own disciples. But our Lord came to the defense of his own. Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The bridegroom, according to the prophets, is God himself, who manifests his love for men. Here Christ declares his divinity once again and calls his disciples the friends of the bridegroom, his own friends. They are with him and they do not need to fast. Nevertheless, when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast. When Jesus is no longer visibly present, they will have need of mortification if they are to see him with the eyes of their soul. The whole penitential meaning of the Old Testament was no more than a shadow of what was to come. Penance, a requisite of interior life confirmed as such by the religious experience of mankind, 
and the object of a special precept of divine revelation takes on new dimensions infinitely more vast and profound in Christ and in the Church. In early times, the Church preserved penitential practices in the spirit laid down by Jesus. The Acts of the Apostles mention celebrations of the cult accompanied by fasting. Throughout his overflowing apostolic work, St. Paul is not satisfied with merely suffering hunger and thirst when circumstances so demanded, but repeatedly added the practice of deliberate fasting. And the Church, as always, remains faithful to this penitential exercise, determining at each season the days when the faithful must fast, and recommending this pious practice along with opportune advice concerning it in spiritual direction. Fasting, however, is only one form of penance. There are other forms of corporal mortification that make our conversion and our union with God easier. We can ask ourselves today how we live this spirit of penance that our mother the church wants us to live throughout our lives, but in a special way during the liturgical season of Lent in which we now find ourselves. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. On this Friday in Lent, let's continue praying. We join the whole church as we're led by our friends at divineoffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Renew in me a steadfast spirit. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Renew in me a steadfast spirit. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence, and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, 
and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Renew in me a steadfast spirit. Rejoice, Jerusalem, for through you all men will be gathered to the Lord. Rejoice, Jerusalem, for through you all men will be gathered to the Lord. Let all men speak of the Lord's majesty and sing his praises in Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, holy city, he scourged you for the work of your hands, but will again pity the children of the righteous. Praise the Lord for his goodness, and bless the King of the ages, so that his tent may be rebuilt in you with joy. May he gladden within you all who were captives, all who were ravaged may he cherish within you for all generations to come. A bright light will shine to all parts of the earth, Many nations shall come to you from afar, and the inhabitants of all the limits of the earth, drawn to you by the name of the Lord God, bearing in their hands their gifts for the King of heaven. Every generation shall give joyful praise in you, and shall call you the Chosen One, through all ages, forever. Go, then, rejoice over the children of the righteous, who shall all be gathered together and shall bless the Lord of the ages. Happy are those who love you, and happy those who rejoice in your prosperity. Happy are all the men who shall grieve over you, over all your chastisements. For they shall rejoice in you as they behold all your joy forever. My spirit blesses the Lord, the great King. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Rejoice, Jerusalem, for through you all men will be gathered to the Lord. Zion, praise your God, who sent his word to renew the earth. Zion, praise your God who sent his word to renew the earth. O praise the Lord Jerusalem, Zion, praise your God. 
He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed the children within you. He established peace on your borders. He feeds you with the finest wheat. He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. He showers down snow, white as wool. He scatters hoarfrost by gashes. He hurls down hailstones like crumbs. The waters are frozen at his touch. He sends forth his word and it melts them. At the breath of his mouth the waters flow. He makes his word known to Jacob, to Israel his laws and decrees. He has not dealt thus with other nations. He has not taught them his decrees. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, now and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you established peace within the borders of Jerusalem. Give the fullness of peace now to your faithful people. May peace rule us in this life and possess us in eternal life. You are about to fill us with the best of wheat. Grant that what we see dimly now as in a mirror, we may come to perceive clearly in the brightness of your truth. Zion, praise your God, who sent his word to renew the earth. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Through his suffering, my servants shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore, I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked. And he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God himself will set me free from the hunter's snare. God himself will set me free from the hunter's snare. From those who would trap me with lying words. And from the hunter's snare. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. God himself will set me free from the hunter's snare. When you meet those who are in need of clothing, do not turn away from them, for they are your brothers. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your good deeds shall go before you. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins.
In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. When you meet those who are in need of clothing... Do not turn away from them, for they are your brothers. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your good deeds shall go before you. Let us pray to Christ our Savior, who redeemed us by his death and resurrection. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. You went up to Jerusalem to suffer, and so entered into your glory. Bring your church to the Passover feast of heaven. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. You were lifted high on the cross and pierced by the soldier's lance. Heal our wounds. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. You made the cross the tree of life. Give its fruit to those reborn in baptism. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. On the cross you forgave the repentant thief. Forgive us our sins. Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. To these intercessions, we pause to add the prayers of our own hearts. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. us. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Show gracious favor, O Lord, we pray, to the works of penance we have begun, that we may have strength to accomplish with sincerity the bodily observances we undertake. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Don't forget, it's a day of abstinence today. Morning Air is coming up with John and Glenn in just a few minutes. Patrick Madrid later on this morning. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. You go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.